Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. We believe, God, that you will do it again. Lord, we know right now you're doing it again in this place, Father. You are healing. You are delivering, God. You are setting free. Father, you're moving in our lives right now. And, Father, we glorify you. We magnify you right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we lift your name, for there is no other name like your name. In your name is salvation, Lord, deliverance and healing. And, Father, we thank you, God. We thank you that you are faithful, God. Lord, that you love us and you, you give us help, God. You strengthen us. You, you, you minister to us, God. And we thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. We love you. Oh, church, tell the Lord you love him right now. Just lift your voice. Father, we praise you. Lift it up right now, church, in Jesus' name. Father, we love you. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. We love you. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you. God, we glorify you. We glorify you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are so good to us. We love you, Lord. And we praise you, God. We praise you, God. We praise you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Lord, have right of way right now, Father. Have right of way right now, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Lord, we love us. Praise God. You could be seated this morning. Amen. We want to take a moment and we want to welcome everybody out. This morning, we want to welcome everybody that's watching online. We are so glad for you today. We want to release all the teenagers. If you're high school, junior high today, you could go out. Alex is waving his hands in the back. You could go out with him. Amen. Man, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. It's good to see you all today. God bless you. I'm excited for what God is going to do in your life. Amen. So I told the 8.30 service that I had a proposition for them. I'm not sure that's the right word. Um, it's the one I got, so I'm not sure if it's the right word. But let me ask you a question. I want to begin this way by asking you a question. Um, if I had something, a word, a pill, a magic potion, pixie dust, whatever, whatever your flavor is of things, and said, this will solve every problem, this will do what nothing else can do. How many are in for that? Amen. Amen. Well, a few of you. How about this? Let me see. Let's see if we get a different response with this. I am going to be after service. I am going to be handing out American money, American cash, which ain't all that much, but I'm going to hand out uh, $1,000. How many want to get in line for 1000 bucks? Oh, we got a little bit more responses. A little, little bit more. There, there's some of you that are still hanging back like, what's the catch? No catch. No catch. Just 1000 bucks. Each person gets $1,000. You know, I just like following. Never mind. Anyway, um, I, I said I wasn't going to get political. Anyway, um, you know what? The reality is we're all looking for an answer, aren't we? All of us. You know, we, we, uh, we, just, we live in a world where we don't like process. And, and the problem is, is in life, oftentimes things that come into our life and they come and go in through our life, we don't like the process that those things take us through. 
Um, as Americans and as people that live in a society where you can have just about anything you want when you want, you know, you can have it your way, just go to Burger King. You know how many you know I'm talking about? You know, we have microwave ovens and we have all of this fancy stuff. And, you know, now on our phone, we have at our fingertips almost the sub, sum total of, of all human knowledge just right in our phone. And, and so we have this sense and we get this sense of the instant. And the problem is, is in the kingdom of God, things aren't instant. God said this, he goes, there will always be what's called seed time and harvest. Everywhere God uh, deals with situations, he deals with it in the context of sowing a seed, of that seed growing, bearing fruit, and then the, the, the result or the enjoying of that fruit. The problem is, is we just don't like that much. I don't know about you, I'm just being honest. I, I don't like it. I, I want instant. I'm, I'm instant. I want, you know, I want, I want problems solved now. I want questions answered now. I, I, I don't want to wait. I don't want, I don't want, I hate standing in line. Does anybody like standing in line? I don't like standing in line. I don't like waiting for things. But God seems to always have me waiting. You ever notice that? It's always like, hurry up and wait. And oftentimes the struggle that I have in prayer and praise and all of that is the waiting. I don't like God's waiting room. You have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you would receive the promise. I, I like everything after the statement, you have need of patience. I don't like that. I don't want to wait. And we're just not very good at it. And so what happens in life is we, we hear things like this because we hear statements like that I'm making right now is that there is an answer that will change everything in your life. And when I say everything, I'm talking about everything. There is not one thing that will not be affected by praise in our lives. And I'm telling you, praise is the answer. I'm telling you, praise is the answer. You say, why is that? Because praise is what brings God into the situation. The Bible says very clearly, and we'll see this here in just a minute, in Psalms 22, verse 3, that God inhabits the praises of his people. Okay? And so what that literally means is he doesn't just come by for a visit. He makes a habitation. He comes, he comes to live, to take up residence in the praises of his people. Okay, and so we talk about these things that will help us, and we say something, you know, preachers like me get up and they talk about prayer and praise and all of that and faith and stuff, but we never calculate in the process that it takes to bring that about. What we want is we want to be able to go home today and go, thank you, Jesus, and have everything solved. We want to do a 30-second praise session. We want to do, we want to give our, you know, our, our, our what do they call it, our golf clap. In, you know, in church. And, and the reality is it doesn't cut it. And then you get guys like me getting up here making everybody feel bad because they're not more uh, active in praise. It's like, what do you want us, dancing around? Yes, I do. Yeah, 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 it would be great. See, back in my day, back in my day in this church, just so you know I'm not talking about any other church, we used to do what we call Jericho marches. Just be thankful I don't got you doing that right now. He said, what's a Jericho march? It's where everybody stood up and we came up to the front and we walked around while the worship team played music and we shouted. Yeah, yeah, no, no, back in the day, we were a little radical. 
It's like, oh, preacher, we've kind of grown out of that. Well, that's just too bad that we have. Because I'm going to tell you what, there were some real miracles and there were some real things that took place in those moments because God got involved. Somewhere along the line, that praise, that worship brought about something. And, and so somewhere along the line, we, we come to this place that we want everything sterile now, one-dimensional. And it's like, you know, come on, man, don't make me do nothing. I just want to show up. I want to punch my spiritual time card, and I'm out, man. I'm, I'm on my way to heaven. Well, that can't be. We're the people of God. I, I challenge you. I, I challenge you. I, I'll tell you what. I'll challenge you. And if, if you could prove me wrong by using the word of God, I'll take you out to a steak dinner anywhere you want to go in the, on the planet. So you want to go to Hong Kong. There's a, Hong Kong, there's a place overlooking Victoria Bay in Hong Kong. It's Morton's, and it is expensive, and it is a great steakhouse. If you want to go there, I'll take you there if you can prove me wrong. I can tell you you can't, because if you do a cursory study of the Word of God over and over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again, it says, shout unto the Lord. Come on. But somehow we've lost that. We've lost that. And part of it is, is because of this thing called process. This thing called process, we get involved and we, we do our token little thing and nothing happens. And see, and that's the problem with process is because when I hear that I need to walk in faith or when I hear that I need to pray or when I hear that I need to praise, I, I go and do it, I buy into it, and I do it for a little bit, but the problem is is nothing happens. Can you imagine? I, just, just go on this journey with me just for a moment. Can you imagine a farmer going uh, to, the, to, the, to whatever store they go to to buy their seed, and they buy the corn, they go buy this special corn, uh, uh, corn seed, you know, and they go and they put it in their tractor and they go out and they, they spend a whole day planting the field. Next day when they get up, nothing's happened. They've got a really nice looking field that, you know, has nothing in it. And he walks back in and says, I want my money back. <laughs> Why? Well, I don't have any corn. Well, did you plan it? Yeah, yesterday. We worked all day. All day. We had an eight-hour planting party. Nothing. Nothing. All I got is bare dirt. Can you imagine the insanity of that? It just doesn't, it just doesn't even calculate, does it? It's like, go get back in your car and go home and lay down and take a nap. But yet Christians every day give up on the process of what God tells us because they don't see the fruit of it. They don't stay in long enough. They don't stick to it. They don't say, look it, I am not doing this for the reward. I'm doing this because this is right. See, sometimes I wonder about my motives. I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't have good motives. Bible says that if you give, you'll get. So I, well, I want to get. I want more. So my motive is to get more. And God says, ah, the problem, reason you're not seeing what you want is because you're asking amiss. You're trying to consume it on your own lust, your own desire. God says, look, if you have a pure heart before me, if you're right, see, it's the right thing to give. It's the right thing to pray. It's the right thing to praise. 
And my motive is to praise God. Why? Oh, because I want all my prayers answered. No, I want to praise him because he's worthy of it. And when I come in like that, all of a sudden, I see my prayers answered. All of a sudden, I see him taking up residence in my life. Can you say amen? Amen. And so this has been so deeply on my heart, church. I've shared with you in, in times past that, 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 that a lot of the stuff that God is doing right now has been really just birthed out of this time that I have with God meditating and, and spending time with him. The thing about prayer, and, and let me tell you, people, people look at me and they go, man, it must be so easy. Oh, no, it's excruciating. I know I'm not a very good salesman. I'd, I'd be the, I would be the guy that'd go, you know, you need this car, but look at it. It's only going to last, you know, we, we, my wife and I, we, we, this actually happened to us. This is no joke. I'm not going to name the store because I don't know who works where. But so anyway, I'm going to name the store. We went into a store. Our washer and dryer at home ain't doing so well. Our washer is really just a soaker. It doesn't really wash, it soaks. And our dryer really just, it just tumbles. It doesn't dry. It just tumbles things. And so... Uh, so, you know, we have to deal with it. But anyway, you know, we, hey, we got a little bit of extra money, you know, you know, you know why. Anyway, so we got a little extra money coming in, and so we thought, well, we'll get a new washer and dryer. And so we went into this store, and we go to the lady that's there, and she's the salesperson, and, and we said, you know, well, what, you know, which one do you recommend? She goes, I don't recommend, re- recommend any of these. <laughs> okay, how come? She goes, this is all junk. I'm not joking. I'm, I'm quoting. She goes, this stuff is made to last about a year. <laughs> well, that's pretty pricey. That's $900 wash machine. That's going to last a year. She goes, yeah. She says, you'd be better off fixing the one you got. She goes, how long have you had the one you got? I said, probably about 15 years. She goes, that's the good one. Just fix it. <laughs> And, you know, I happen to know that this person works a little bit on commission, so I'm thinking, you know, because that's kind of me. I get up here and I go, you know, pray and praise, but it'll be excruciating. I'm not a good salesman. But let me tell you something. There is something in the excruciating experience that gets worked out in your life that is gold, pure gold. You're refined in the fire. You know, do you know how, I, I heard this the other day, I thought this was so wonderful. Do you know how the refiner knows when you're done? This is great. When he sees his reflection in you. Come on. Without distortion. Oh, that's, that's the, well, you can see himself. He's just not real clear. He kind of looks like a Picasso, but... Oh, no, no, there's no more fire added, right? More heat. We got to get this straightened out. But you know what? I'll be honest with you. I've struggled. I don't know about you, but Christianity hasn't been easy to walk out. There's been difficulties along the way, and I've struggled it, but yet the Bible promises an answer. The Bible promises me freedom. It promises me deliverance. It promises me healing. It says there'll be miracles along the way. It tells me that I can have access to the throne. It tells me there's provision, there's abundance, that God is more than enough. Well, there's been times when I haven't seen that, and I've thought, you know, dear God, what's happening? Is there something wrong with me? No, there's nothing wrong with you. What's happening is you just haven't learned how to step into that. You haven't learned how to activate that. 
And I'm going to show you in the Word of God how praise will activate what God wants to do in your life. And so somewhere along the line, what we've got to understand is there's some power in praise. I'm not asking you to praise. I'm not asking you to enter in and to bodily communicate to God that you love him because I just want a wild church. I'm not doing that because I just want, you know, hey, we're going to be, you know, this is that's this kind of church. No. I don't want this kind of church. What I want is a people that are free. I want a people that are walking in blessing. I want a people that are touching heaven and heaven's touching them. I want a people that know their God and are strong and do exploits. That's what I want. So look at look at our text today. Psalm chapter 34, verses 1 through 3. David writes, he says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let's exalt his name together. Now, the amazing thing about this is that, you know, David, and I've said this before, David was not a good guy. Now, there's no doubt that David had a heart for God, but David was challenged on many fronts, wasn't he? I mean, this is a guy that had multiple wives and concubines. This is a guy that uh, his children were a mess. Amen. This is a guy that if you didn't buy him lunch and his 300 mighty men, he'd cut your throat for you and take your wife. That's a story. It's Nabal and I can't Abigail. This was a guy that was tough. This is a guy that didn't have a problem throwing down. You know, when Goliath is running his mouth, he said, "Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? I'll go fight." Now we look at that. We look at that as being heroic, but this is just a guy with an attitude. Amen. You say, well, what made the difference? Why? Then why did he have the victory? Why did he have the victory that he did? Why was it that he was a man after God's home? Why did God look at that? I believe it was because of praise. I believe because David learned the secret of praise. He learned in the, in, when nobody was around, when he was all by himself, all he was doing was tending sheep, that somewhere he entered into this presence, he entered into this place where he sung unto the Lord, he praised and worshipped him, and somehow God met him, and that made the difference in his life. And then David, when he ascended to the throne, when he finally came to his place where he was the king of Israel, He's the one that established 4,000 Levites to be praisers before the throne of God, before the Ark of the Covenant, 24-7. Their only job was to praise God in the presence of God. And it changed everything. It made him, and, and you have to understand that to stand in the presence of God, to stand in that place was not, that was, it was only one time of the year that the, that the priest entered into the Holy of Holies. But now, 24-7, the priests are going in and praising, and God said, man, that's a great idea. Wish I'd have thought of it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? David had a heart for praise because God is worthy of our praise. 
And somehow what it did is it caused David to rise above. And now today we are still talking about David and the throne of David. And Jesus sits on the throne of David. Why? Because he was such a great guy? No. But because he had a heart for praise. C.S. Lewis wrote in his book entitled Reflections on the Psalms, he wrote this, praise is inner health made audible. I want you to listen. In other words, praise is a direct reflection and fruit of an inward spiritual condition. Are you hearing me? For those with a healthy spiritual life, praise is the most natural thing. It flows easily from the heart because we have an uninhibited relationship with God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? For others, our religious training, our lack of understanding, our fear of embarrassment, and our pride all inhibit the spirit man from thriving in health and causing praise to be silent. See, you know what? Praise is actually confrontation. When you praise, do you understand you are confronting the powers of darkness? And hell don't want you praising. So hell comes along and it'll tell you, oh, no, 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 we don't praise like that. You need to be really quiet. You need to be solemn. And there's no doubt, church, there are times when we're quiet before the Lord. There are times when we are silent and there are times when we just be quiet before him. It's because it's that awesome. But look at church, we're not quiet before him all the time. And what happens is the devil will come along and say, hey, look, at you're going to embarrass yourself. You know, people are going to think you're weird. They're going to think you're a fanatic. Well, that doesn't matter in any other situation in your life. We're all a little fanatical about something. Some of you are fanatics about cooking. Some of you are fanatics about your children. Some of you are fanatics about your garden. I know one that's really fanatical about her garden. She's up in the front row laughing at me right now. We all love something, don't we? And we're all a little fanatical about it. What does that mean? It means I prioritize it. It means I celebrate it. It means I like to show it off. It means that I'm happy with it and I'm pleased with it and I celebrate it. Well, that ought to be with God. Can you say amen? And that was the heart of David. Justin Cornwall said this in his book, Let Us Praise. He says, I wonder if we'd ever get so excited over Jesus and what he has done for us that we would have to release the pressure of excitement and shouts of praise. I wonder. See, it's easy to praise God when the sun is shining, isn't it? Or when our children are doing really well or we've received a promotion on the job. But when the storm clouds gather, when the bills mount up, when the kids are fighting, when the last thing we feel like doing is praising, it's pretty hard right there, isn't it? But that is precisely the time when we need to lift our voices in praise. Why? Because praise is a proclamation of faith. That's what praise is. David writes in Psalm 71, verses 14 and 15, he says, but I will keep on hoping for you Uh, For you to help me, I will praise you more and more. I will tell everyone about your righteousness. All day long, I will proclaim your saving power, for I am overwhelmed by how much you have done for me. 
David is obviously struggling with something. He says, but I will keep on hoping for you to help me. Isn't that what happens when we're getting in trouble? We hope, I hope God intervenes. I, I hope God hears my prayer. I hope God sees what I'm going through. I hope God will do something for me in this situation. This is precisely where David is. But he doesn't stop there. He actually makes a declaration. He says, in this hope, I will praise you more and more. In other words, I am going to get more violent. The more violent my situation becomes, the more violent and intense my praise will become. And I will tell everyone about your righteousness. All day long I will proclaim your saving power. For I am overwhelmed by how much you've done for me. Listen to that. Listen to that intensity. A.B. Simpson wrote this. He says, lift up the hands that hang down. March straight through the flood. And lo, the waters will divide. The Red Sea will open. The Jordan will part. And the Lord will lead you through to victory. That's the point of praise, church. That's why we praise. In spite of what we see. So what does this praise do? What does it really do? And I want to just take and focus your attention on a couple things before we bring this to a close. Number one, praise gets the focus off ourselves and back on God. Here's part of the problem with humanity. We really believe that we're the center of the universe, don't we? about us. We live in what's called a selfie world. You know what selfies are? It's when you take a picture of yourself. Click, click, click. It's all about me. What I catch myself doing often, and and I guess this is the beginning stage of anything, is I'm aware. So you have to become aware of things. Because if you're not aware of it, you won't change it. So God has, thank you, Jesus. He has helped me to become aware. I say something, and I'm, I'm really thinking this through because there's merit to it. But I also understand there's something else to it that's maybe not so good. I make this statement all the time. Well, I feel. I, I feel like this. I, I, well, this is how I feel. Well, this, this is the way that makes me feel. And I know there's validity to it because I know our feelings are real. And I know that, the, that, that we shouldn't ignore them and they are true and, they, and, and that oftentimes we do feel that way. But sometimes the way we feel becomes the highest level of measurement in our life. That if my feeling isn't the way I want to feel, then apparently everything else is wrong. Because it's about me. It's about how, you know, church really is about me. This is my church. I pastor this church, not you. I want this about me. <laughs> wow, that, thank you, thank you, I appreciate it. Got quiet there, didn't it? It's like, where is he actually going with this? What's he trying to say? Yeah. See, that's, that's the thing. We, what we do is, it's, oh, it's too cold. No, no, it's too hot. 
What do you do when you have two people in one room, one's cold, one's hot? Pray. What you do is you praise God. That's what you do. What do you do when the lights are too bright? Oh, no, no, because the next guy, they're too dim. What do you do? What, what, what do you do? What happens? Because, see, what we do is we measure everything by how it affects me. And God has actually said, you should be servants of them. How does it affect them? What's happening with them? Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so what happens is we spend much of our life focused on me. And what praise does is praise gets our focus off us. It gets it back onto God. Sometimes we are so captivated by what we're going through. We talk about it and talk about it. What we do is we nurse it, then we rehearse it, then we curse it. <laughs> then we start all over and we nurse it and rehearse it and then we curse it. And then we start over and then we nurse it and rehearse it and curse it. You put whatever it is in your life. And then we start over and we nurse it. You get the point, don't you? And so what we do is we talk the problem. We talk it, we talk it, we talk it until we actually give the problem life. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. What happens is you begin to hear. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Well, fear comes by hearing your word. You speak the lie. You speak it. All of a sudden, you have faith in the negative. I just know it's going to happen. I know the other shoe's going to drop. I just know, I know, I know, I know. And Jesus said, according to your faith, be it unto you. But when we praise God, when we lift him up and say, you know what, God, you are high and lifted up. There's none like you. Your train fills the temple. You are powerful. You are awesome. You are high and glorious and mighty and spectacular. And we lift him up. All of a sudden, we get our eyes off of this, and we get our eyes on that, and we begin to speak a faith that begins to actually move mountains. We begin to glorify and we begin to magnify the one who actually can come on the scene. And the Bible says that he comes into that praise and he takes up a habitation and he lives in it. So literally the presence of God is made manifest through our praise. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We got to get our eyes off of self. That's why we can't afford. See, look at I I've come to church enough in the time that I've been coming to church that I've come a couple times mad. I know no one else has, but I have a wild imagination. I, I used to tell this story all the time uh, uh, back when Pastor Howard uh, was, was with us at pastoring. Not, you know, most of you know that I was his assistant. Every now and then he could make me really mad. I know that's very hard for you that knew him to believe, but he would. He would make me really mad. And I, you know, and back in those days, the aisle was in the center, and I usually sat second row right there. And I would sit in that chair while he is preaching, madder than a hornet, just mad. 
And I would just, I would be in my mind and I'd be down there looking, you know, I'd have my Bible open pretending I'm reading along. But I'm mad and I'm thinking in my imagination. And in my imagination, I see myself just telling him off. I'm in his office just pointing right at his chest, just telling him off. And then my, um, and if you knew anything about Howard, you knew that wasn't a good decision. And then, and then I saw myself, we were going out that door, him and I, and he's going, come on, pool, I got you. Not a problem. We'll go out in the alley and I'm feeling pretty froggy today. You know what? And so that's right. I'm ticked. And so we're going out there. Just one light punch. Boom. I'm knocked out. But now I get up. I get up. I go, you'll never do that to me again, buddy. I'll ne-. And you know what? So then I go out and I get me a gun. And you know the story. And before you know it, the federalities, federalities are looking for me in Mexico City because I'm hiding out. And all of this is happening in my mind in church while he's preaching. Wow. And you all laugh, you all laugh, you're laughing at me, and that's okay. I could take the attention, I'd rather enjoy it. But I tell you, you've done that a time or two, too. You've had an argument. You got here just about the time you hit the parking lot. You and the missus are arguing. And, well, everybody's got to put the plaster of the smile on. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. You know what? We're coming in. We're going to go praise the Lord. And you're madder than a hornet. And the whole time you're sitting there. And it's robbing you. It's ripping you off. And the last thing you want to do, the last thing is praise God. Because what you want to do is think about your problem. You want to rehearse it. No, you want to nurse it, rehearse it, and then curse it. And you just want to go over and over and over again until you can't take it anymore. And you think, dear God, and then you wonder, then you come to me. Pastor, I need to set a time up with you. <laughs> Not a problem. What's my answer? 10 o'clock on Tuesday. <laughs> Did you come in? You, Pastor, I'm having some problems. I believe it. I just don't know why God's not answering my prayers. Here's why. It's, it's really simple. Because you're spending too much time thinking about your problem and no time praising God. <laughs> if we'll praise God, you say, how do you know that? Let me show you. I'm going to show you a story. I'm going to show you a story that's remarkable. And I'm bringing this to a close. Most of you have heard the story about Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was a king in the Old Testament, and he was a good guy for the most part. And uh, one day he <clears throat> finds himself in a bad situation. There's this very large army. They come from Moab, and they come from Ammon and Mount Seir and different places, and they had joined together, and they had surrounded Jerusalem. And in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, Verse number three, the Bible says, Jehoshaphat was terrified by the news because somebody had come, a messenger had come, and he begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah 
to begin fasting. The reason I wanted to start there with this story is because it's so real and so raw. You know, so many times when we read, read, when we read the Bible, we get this idea that there's no challenge or difficulty, that they just kind of, it just flowed, it was just easy. But listen to the wording, Jehoshaphat was terrified. He wasn't just in fear. I mean, this guy is terrified. And the reason why is because these armies that had come, these are not armies that came in and just kind of worked on you until you surrendered and everything would be okay. These are the kind of armies that when they got in, they would torture you until you were dead. And they would kill everything that you had. They would burn everything and wipe it completely out. They would literally raise your city. And I mean, then this has is, this is gripped his heart. He's terrified. And he begs. The, I love the fact that the Bible is choosing to use these words. He begs the Lord for guidance. Please, God, please help me. And he ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. And then it goes on in verse 12. It says this, oh, God, he's praying. Jehoshaphat's praying. He says, oh, God, won't you stop them? I mean, he questions God. He questions God. He goes, aren't you going to stop them, God? And then he says, we are powerless against this enemy or this mighty army that has, is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. I love this. And the reason I love it is because you feel this man, he's terrified, he's struggling, he's kind of questioning God. He doesn't know where his faith is going to fall. Is he going to believe in the army? Is he going to believe in God? He's, he's just a real human being. He's you and I. And he's struggling. That's why, that's why I, wa I wanted to set that stage so you didn't just go, oh, well, they just praised God and had a big victory. No, this was, this was something this was intense. And then it goes on, then the word of the Lord comes in 2 Chronicles 20, verses 15 through 17. And listen, listen to this. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged by this army, this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens up into the wilderness of Jerul, but you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out there tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Now, the first thing I want you to notice in this word from the Lord is that, first of all, you need to understand Judah literally means praise. So praise is under attack here. Yeah, I'll let you. That's for free. You can meditate on that later. Praise is under attack. And God answers Jehoshaphat's prayer. And God gives him a strategy. He even gives them a little intel on the, on the army and the enemy that's coming against them. And notice that what God says, he says, you know what, Jehoshaphat, your real problem is not this army out there. I'm going to take care of that. But the real problem is fear on the inside. He says, not on the outside what's going to bother you, but what's on the inside. And he tells Jehoshaphat twice, don't be afraid. The reason why is because fear will get you looking at everything other than God. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? And right now, what you need to do is to have your focus on me. He says, don't be afraid. And then here's what I find interesting. He actually tells Jehoshaphat, now go do what you would normally do. Go set up the battle, but you're not going to have to fight. Go out there and stand because I want you to be a witness of what is about to happen. And then now listen to this. The story continues, 2 Chronicles 20, 18 and 22. Then King Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites from the clans of Korath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa, and on the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah at Jerusalem. Believe in God. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. And after counseling or consulting the leaders of the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. At the moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Sur to start fighting amongst themselves. They didn't have to lift one finger. They didn't have to fire one weapon. All they had to do was praise, and their praise activated the promise. Did you hear that? The moment... They begin to sing and give praise. And notice this. This is what's amazing to me in this story. Notice what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. Had nothing to do with fighting a battle. They didn't say, oh God, you are mighty in battle. And oh God, you're taking this enemy out. You're doing this. They simple, a simple, God, we thank you because you are faithful. We praise you for your faithfulness. We praise you for who you are. And that praise activated the promise that God had given them. I am convinced today the reason that many promises and words of God do not get activated in people's lives is because they don't praise Him. Because the devil's got your hands tied behind your back. God says, Andy said it this morning, lift up holy hands. It's a sign of surrender. So I want you to try something with me. And I'm going to ask the worship team to come if they would. Lift your hands up. Just all of you, lift them up. Lift them up. I know, it's not hard. It's not hard. Lift them up just, just for a second. Now say, thank you, Jesus. Say it again. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I praise you. I glorify you. I love you. Do you know that right there if you do that? That'll change everything in your life. It will. Amen. Go ahead. Give him glory. Church, I, I, I once again, I'm, I'm in this process. This, like, <clears throat> like if we were to have a boat, I would be at the bow of the boat right now and you would be at the stern of the boat. That's the only difference between us right now. I'm learning right now. This is stuff that, you know, <laughs> I've heard and heard and heard and heard but just never practiced. But I'm forcing myself. I'm, I'm coming into this and going, well, you know what we need to do is we need to praise God. 
I've had a little, I've had a couple places this week, this last week, where I got a little, not bad, bad, but just a little disappointing news. And my, res- my response is, well, we just praise God. That's what we're going to do. We're going to praise God. <laughs> what are you going to do? I'm going to praise God. That's what I'm going to do. Or are you going to fight? Yeah, praising God. I'm going to praise God. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to praise him. And you know what? In that, and when I praise him, he'll give me a word. He'll tell me what to say. He'll tell me what to do. And generally, he'll just tell me, just, I just need you to stand right there. I, just, I need you to stand right there because I need a witness about what I'm about to do because this is going to be more praise for you. <laughs> Man, that's good stuff right there. Gosh, I... Anyway. God is so good, church. He loves us. So I've asked the worship team to come. They're going to sing just one song. And what we're going to do is if you'd like to stand, you can. If you want to sit, I want you to just stay seated, be comfortable. But we're going to end this service again in worship. Okay? And then Andy's going to take the service over, and we're going to get out here and go to lunch. But let's just, let's do like the children of Israel did when they left Egypt. Let's leave in victory with a high hand. Amen? So let's, let's let the worship team lead us. Praise God.
Break the walls apart, open the heavens Almighty God you are Overcomer, defender of my heart It's by your power the oceans open wide Your fire falls down, heaven and earth collide King Jesus, forever by my side Shake the mountains, break the walls apart, open the heavens, Almighty God, you are overcome, defender of my heart. Despite your power, the oceans open wide, fire falls on my family, there will be victory on my relationships, there will be victory on my body, on my health, whatever it is, hold it on your, hold it on your heart, hold it on your mind right now, we're going to lift up God and we're going to say, you know what, you are good God, we praise your name, we love you God right now and that we declare, keep it on your heart and give it to him as we declare that there will be victory here, there will be victory here for me, there will be victory here for me. Right now, 
there won't be victory. Believe it, believe it. There won't be, there won't be victory. There won't be, there won't be victory. There won't be, there won't be victory. Worship Him this morning like the victory is already here. Like the victory has already happened in your life. Worship Him right now as Him. It is already done because it is right now in the name of Jesus. There is victory in your life right now. There is victory. Shake the mountains. Shake the mountains. Break the walls of for the fact that we get to stand on a foundation that says that there is victory in our life. God is not a, a um, God, it's just, it's, it's fact. God, there is victory in our life, Lord God. So give us the strength, Lord. Give us the courage to be able to sta stand on that truth when circumstance may deny, when everything inside of us says that it's not true, God, that we can come back to this moment 
We can come back to when your spirit confirmed that there will be victory in our life. God, and we thank you for what you're doing in this place, Lord. God, let this moment be a moment that we are marked, that we can look back on and say, that is where things changed. That is where my circumstances begin to shift. So we speak to that right now in the name of Jesus, that all circumstances are shifting and moving. God, you are just moving behind the scenes for our benefit, Lord, and we thank you for that. We thank you for what you're doing in this place, Lord God, and in our hearts and in our spirit, Lord. We thank you so much. God, we, we can spend all day worshiping you, Lord. Church, I just want to encourage you that you do not, I said this last week, you do not have to wait for this, for Sunday to be in this room to experience this, 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 the presence of God in your life. You can turn on the radio, you can be in your car, you can be in your house, you can be washing dishes. I don't know how many times I've been just in very inconvenient times where the Holy Spirit would just rest on me. And it is my job as a, as a son to just be able to submit and say, okay, God, you're, you're moving right now, so I'm just gonna allow you to do whatever you need to do. I'm gonna allow you to speak to me however, whatever you need to say, I'm gonna listen. So I just wanna encourage you as you leave this place this morning that this is not, there's nothing special about this room. There's nothing special about being together. What it is, is it's a willing heart. You can do this on your own at your house and I encourage you to, and it'll make these moments that much more impactful. So I'm gonna have our ministry team come up. If you are here and you need someone and you want someone to contend with you, to pray with you, whether whether that be a physical healing, whether that be a relational, financial, whatever it may be, come. These, uh, these people are trained. They love you. They want to pray with you. They want to contend with you. So uh, as you leave, go on ahead and, and make your way up here. And we just want to bless you as you leave. Stay blessed. Stay filled. We thank you. You are free to go. We love you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.